I can't come here and die. I can't come here and lose. Got all this shit on my mind. Like, what the fuck I'm a day? Work ain't paid me in time. My baby just ripped me my mood. No two just cut off my line. Hi, guys. And welcome to the Echo Chamber. I'm Jade. And I'm Ez. And today we're going to talk about breakdowns. So the opening question is Describe the experience that gave you context for breakdowns so when did you understand what a breakdown was or when did you first see a breakdown you go first <laughs> okay I've heard the term breakdown or I had heard the term breakdown for some time but my first like my context for the word it was that like I'd heard the term but I didn't know what it meant and the first time that I understood and knew what it meant and what it was the first thing that happened in my life where I was like that's what a breakdown was was my mum when I was like I was 16 I believe 16 or 17 I was in sixth form definitely and um I just remember she was in a relationship with somebody I just remember like a few things that happened in quite a short space of time for me was like this is definitely a breakdown this is what is meant by a breakdown she was in a relationship with the man and I remember one evening going into the bathroom and she was sitting on the toilet seat in like full clothes crying and I was like what's wrong mum and she was like I just don't know what to do like I don't know what to do for him and she was proper crying and I knew something wasn't right about that even though it wasn't like you know one massive display of like a quote-unquote breakdown but yeah and so I remember that very vividly And then I also remember some of her behaviours around about that time, which I can't place as well um, as I can what I just mentioned, um, the evening that I just mentioned, but just little things I remember that she was, she was actually picking up rubbish from the communal bins and bringing it into the house, putting it into the downstairs toilet. Um, And she, I remember one day it was my cousin's birthday. So I went to my cousin's birthday And I had booked annual leave for the next day. So that weekend, the Saturday I wasn't at home, but the Sunday I was. And my cousin had actually anticipated us lot. So it was like a small group of us girls sleeping at her house. But for whatever reason, I opted not to sleep over. And so I went home early hours of Sunday morning. And I remember waking up and my mum wasn't in the house, but my sisters were. My my mum wasn't in the house. And then I remember like, the front door was like closed and everything and my sisters were really young so at this time they would have been like six and seven and then like the doorbell rang and I opened the door and my mum was standing there with like rubbish and she was bleeding um, and the blood was dripping and I just remember like it was an- another click moment that was my first context for for mental health breakdown for a mental breakdown I had the breakdown when I was 13 um and I was hospitalized and I took her over there I don't really remember what happened or what the trigger is. I remember the intense, like, sadness. I'm going to describe it as, for want of a better term. And I remember, like, just feeling extremely overwhelmed. It's interesting, actually, because as I'm saying this, maybe it's my first time identifying something that I feel very regularly now. So I feel like I have these feelings or I have the experience that I had at 13 
is things that I deal with like every fortnight like I have an experience of like an intense whatever I, I deal with it quite regularly but maybe this was my first time being able to identify this is what's happening um for me but I don't want to talk about the trigger what I do remember was being hospitalized and it being like a thing for my family so I think it was the first time that my family could identify oh something's not right with her or she's different or like this is serious this isn't a joke and actually that's the first time I had seen my brother cry Thomas cry basically I'm trying I'm thinking and the memories are coming back as I'm speaking but I remember that he didn't come and see me in hospital everyone else can see me in hospital like lots my cousin was coming quite a lot my brother my mum and um, my oldest brother didn't come and see me in hospital I think he was annoyed or that like, I think he was that like, his reaction to it was like shock and anger I think and I, I get that I've, I think I remember my other brother telling me that yeah he's not like he's not really dealt with it that well and then I remember going home so I was in hospital for three nights and I remember going home and um talking to him and like yeah I just remember him crying growing up I would I would have said growing up that me and my oldest brother weren't close which wasn't true but I was just a lot closer to my other brother in it my takeaway from that breakdown was the impact it had on my family I remember feeling really aware that like oh wow my family have been quite deeply impacted and that was a bit of a shock for me I don't know why but it was a bit of a shock for me that one people didn't know how bad things were for me or didn't understand how bad things were for me before that incident and two that people were like so deeply affected by it so that was my first encounter and actually, do you know what? Again, as I'm talking, there is so there's so much coming up for me because before that, before that, there was an incident with my mum when I was a, a bit younger, when I was in primary school. I, I don't know if I would have known at the time that it was a breakdown, but she was just acting weird is what I'll say and um, saying things to me that were incoherent. And I was like a, quite a young child, but she was like having conversations with me that were like quite adult conversations so things that like you shouldn't definitely shouldn't be saying to a child but also she my mum like my mum as my mum had never had certain those types of conversations with me about like her relationships yeah her relationships and um I remember thinking that this is really weird and again not really understanding being so young not really understanding that why she's saying these things to me or where it's coming from I think that she was very likely in the middle of a breakdown in that period of her life. I think it's an interesting conversation to be broaching because as I was saying, like, I just didn't know what it was. Like, I didn't know what a breakdown was. But as I said, when I saw it, I felt like I could 100% identify what it was or that was the fitting language for like what I was seeing in front of my eyes, basically. I always remember being really scared of this notion or this idea of like a breakdown and having this assumption or perception that like there was no coming back from a breakdown. It was that almost absolute like you don't rise from it, you don't come back from it. There's no going back to normality, quote unquote, or being who you were before a breakdown occurred. So I think that the conversation is important in that it's like, that's not the truth that yeah that, that that's not true yeah I don't know if I agree with you by the way basically I I do think you do not go back to being the same version of yourself 
okay. after a breakdown. Well, that's been okay, my maybe experience. I should caveat and say, maybe I should caveat and say, like, I think my presumption was that, so like, you can't go back to work or like, mm-hmm, you can't mm-hmm. go back to like, going Tesco and that, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, I think people do bounce back often from what we describe as breakdowns. Which I don't even like that word, but yeah, I think people do bounce back. In terms of the context where we're having this conversation is I had quite a bad, I have a breakdown and I'm smiling as I say this, even though it's not in any way, shape or form funny. But I have a breakdown like once a fortnight, once every 10 days in some stages. like And it, and it feels really extreme. Obviously identifying, oh, I've got BPD was really, really, really helpful for me because it makes sense now Like before I knew I had this condition or whatever, or before that like, any professionals had like diagnosed me with this condition, I just didn't get why I couldn't li- cope with like life. Like, because yeah, it's, it's literally, and I'm not exaggerating, it's literally once a fortnight where there is like a, a normal level breakdown. So to the average person, it will be like a normal kind of breakdown via PR. The one that I had, three four weeks ago that was like a deeper level like quite an extreme one and obviously I'm in Nigeria I was I was in Nigeria at the time so a lot of my kind of supportive factors are not around um but also like the understanding of that these things mental health yada 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 is just very different over here so that there were different so in as much as like I have been to that place before and actually I've been past that place so I've been it's been worse than it was a month ago um but I guess the the thing that's different or the thing that was slightly more scary was the environment that I'm in and how the environment responds to mental health concerns yeah and then it was quite bad and I remember like when I'm in that space, it's very intense and it's very visceral. So like I have bodily reactions. It's not just my thoughts going AWOL, but it's that my body is also going AWOL with the thoughts. It's a very familiar feeling actually, but um, each time it's new at the same time, <laughs> like it feels new it feels intense it feels extreme it feels like this is it every single time it feels like when it gets to it when it's a bad one it feels like oh this is it yeah this is it this is the one that's going to take me over at the edge this is the one that's going to duppy me off like this is it just coming like I spent the past four or so weeks so like I had a little trip to Ghana which um was bittersweet mainly sweet like and very helpful in terms of that rem- physically removing myself from the environment I was in um being around friends and like, having lots of fun that was really helpful for me like in terms of like coping and like coming coming back but it's taken me about four weeks it's the truth it's taken me about four weeks and I'm still not even fully 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 back I would say to like 100 percent um but yeah when you think about like school or like childhood, think about a youth, so young people, whether when you were a young person yourself or when, um, or in your work, do you think it's a, something that's common that happens with people that they just don't acknowledge or have language or like adults just don't afford the space for like people, for young people to be going through that kind of stuff? 
I've got a couple of friends, yeah, and the basis of our friendship or the connection point of our friendship is that we, when we were teenagers, we had breakdowns, basically. So there's one person that I'm thinking of particularly. Um, there's two people, actually, that I was particularly close to growing up and like we didn't necessarily have that much in common on the surface now as an adult I can look back and say and see that the thing that like there was a deep connection like it was deeper than like the one of them I call her my soul sister and there was just a deep connection and that we were like little emos and we used to like write notes to each other we were in the same maths class and we would write notes to each other in the back of our math book. And it was all just very, like, morbid. <laughs> it's not even funny. But it was all, like, just very, like, morbid conversations. Um, and very, like, yeah, like, very, like, descriptive about, like, experiencing the emotional pain that we experienced as teenagers. And that was something that a vast majority of my friends didn't get, didn't experience, didn't understand. So I don't know if I would say that most people experience it. Most, I don't know if I'd say it's in the majority um, in terms of it being like a thing that most people experience growing up. But I know that there are, there are young people and then obviously through my work, there are young people that I've worked with that experience, that experience breakdowns. I guess there's also an interesting conversation to be had about like this idea of what a quote unquote breakdown is. So like, I work with a lot of people, have worked with a lot of people who have quite bad, poor mental health, like who have quite poor mental health, who who are unwell or who have extra needs and like needs that have additional needs and need support in certain ways. It doesn't necessarily manifest in the form of a breakdown. But when I think of the word breakdown, there's something quite debilitating or extreme. It's not a breakdown to me suggests you're no longer coping, whereas there are lots and lots of people that I've worked with that I know personally that are coping, whatever that means, but it's just in very unhealthy ways. And it's not, I wouldn't describe it as positive. Um, however, they, they, they're still on the train. They've, it, they've not stopped. The train's not stopped. Do you know what I mean? They're still going. And I think that like, when I look back to that, it's interesting because it's all a lot of my life. And I know that this is a protective factor. So I know that this is like a trauma response, but a lot of my life, is a very distant memory to me. So it's often when we start having these conversations. So even like before we pressed record and I was like, oh, should I talk about that? My mum's breakdown. Cause like, again, my mum had, we'll maybe talk about this at some point in the conversation, but my mum had quite a extreme um, breakdown when I was in my late teens, I believe. Somewhere between 19 and 21. Um, where she was sectioned um, for an extended period for, I think, coming up to six weeks or something like that. And that was the most extreme encounter. That was the closest extreme encounter that I've had. When I think about those experiences that are like quite extreme, the behaviour patterns or the, the expression of the trauma, the pain, whatever, is quite extreme, different to somebody that is like coping quote-unquote coping or quote-unquote managing um in unhealthy ways yeah 100 percent similar I think that when I think about how I would define a breakdown an inability to cope and like almost like a departure from doing the things that you're typically able to do an inability to like play the roles that you typically 
are able to manage in your everyday life, perhaps engaging in things or behaviours that aren't part of your everyday life. So like my mum, my mum is an extremely clean person, quite finicky about like hygiene and stuff like that. So her like going in the bin was very, very, very the opposite to what she's on basically. And I think that it's interesting that what you mentioned is about like people not being in a good space, people maybe experiencing some kind of cracks, but not a full break. Um, and it's because it relates to me and my own experience with like what I would describe as definitely a darkness and a lack of capacity. So a time in my life where I lack the capacity to do the things that I would usually be able to do. But there were, I was still I was still on some of the some of the trains that I typically ride in my everyday life. So um, and at the time, the train that I was that I was like falling off of maybe um, was studies was that my studies um, during the time that I was doing my masters. But the train that I was able to continue to ride was still going to I was still able to go to work. Um, everything kind of fell almost by the wayside. So I was sleeping a lot. I was um, spending most of my time sleeping. Apart from when I would go to work, I would only like eat, make sure that I'd eaten for work. I would only like do my hair for work. So like so many things that I do kind of maintain and keep up with did definitely fall by the wayside but I was still able to ride the work train. I was still able to be productive at work, on time, all of that sort of stuff. And it didn't even necessarily feel hard. It actually felt like I felt relieved. So, and that's kind of the reason why that time in my life, I don't think I could describe it as a breakdown, but I definitely, there were definitely like elements of what I saw in my mum when I was in my teens, in my mid to late teens. Um, there were definitely some of, some of the hallmarks so it's interesting what you describe, but I did feel like my mum, it was just, yeah, very, very extreme, basically. Yeah. So as we're both speaking, I'm very aware that like, we're not psychologists and we don't have the science or we don't know. So I don't know what the official, if there is an official definition of a breakdown. I don't know if a quote unquote breakdown or that term is used um, in psychoanalysis and understanding like what happens when people can't cope or when their behavioral patterns change yeah. I don't know that's that's what I was thinking sorry I was even thinking as I was speaking I was thinking to myself is the term breakdown is that just like colloquial is that just like an everyday term that we've adopted basically I don't even know if it's that scientific mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the other thing I was thinking as well is that like so many of the experiences that we are describing here so I can't speak for other demographics but so many of the experiences that we are describing here to me feel very much like a very natural reaction or response to structural oppression so I think that like existing in some of the ways that we exist being black working class female neurodiverse all of the different isms and whatever it is that we live with so for example when I think about my mum and when I think about her experience I think that a lot of it is a very almost rational reaction to living for an extended period of time in a way that is not conducive to her being and experiencing 
all the different versions of regression from the state and from society that she lived with for extended periods of time. So reacting in the ways that she did or get into a place where I can't cope or get into a place where her mind was no longer hers, um, I think is, yeah, it feels somewhat normal almost. So when you asked the question earlier about that, it do I think it's a common thing. I think when I think about my environment and a lot of the people that I'm around, like, yeah, I don't know, there's a stereotype that I have in my head, I'm making this up completely, but the stereotype I have in my head about like white middle-class people having like a one breakdown in their midlife period. And again, this is all imagined and very, very likely not true or accurate, but there's like a perception that I have of like a more polished version of a breakdown or a midlife crisis or something where it's like, less a reaction to consistent oppression and more like an internal reckoning maybe but yeah when I think about our context for the breakdowns that we are describing I think they're very much um what happens when like you're you're victims of state and societal violence no 100% and I think that um the context that you're attempting to give when you look at like how it's mocked up on television or in entertainment it is definitely glamorized sorry and polished and it almost there's like this perception that there is a semblance of agency or that it's fun or that it's funny or that there is like like there's just a there's just a glamorization of this notion of a breakdown that we see in the mainstream Um, And it is usually attached to like somebody that is middle class and white. When actually, when we look at the context for a breakdown underneath all of the the isms that you mentioned. So being working class, being being black, living in the inner city, blah, 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 blah. um, I think that there's a darkness to it and a real like, it's scary. It's scary. It's very life and death in this context that doesn't feel the same for the other context yeah I'm also as we're speaking I'm really thinking obviously the thing is me I don't engage with like my stuff like I don't like to think about things in it but therapy this week was a mad thing and it's made me think more about things and then the conversation that we had was it last week I think we had the conversation with um Ishishina so oh, yeah, yeah. like that was like another opening up yeah I've been thinking a bit more about my stuff basically and like my yeah like the the context to me being me like the, the context of me Jade my existence when I'm as I was talking about my mum and my mum's breakdown I feel like her oppression was really relational she was in a relationship with somebody and it was a really she had no voice she had no voice and I think as a woman looking at another woman's trajectory, I don't know that she has been in a relationship with a man where she's felt like she's had a voice. And it was almost like that that might have been the what underscored the break. And I'm saying that with my women, with my lens as a woman, and maybe as I'm like in therapy talking about certain things. But yeah, it's just making me think about that perhaps how there are things that we can do to cultivate obviously healthier lives 
there are things that we do have some control over. I feel like you were talking in a very structural sense and like about the macro. Um, but I think that my my context for my mum or what I'm seeing is like the micro and the relational. Yeah, and I think that those are things that's all quite universal, you know. So those are things that actually are not. So what I was talking about before was more some of the ways that some of the some of the way that like being from a minoritized group or an oppressed group leads to like just yeah so existing in those ways how that can lead to a breakdown and that's regardless of what's happening in your personal life but just existing in that way is not healthy for an extended period of time so it can lead to breakdowns but then yes I think that like some of that more relational I think race class gender all of those things so maybe they will support with how breakdowns are handled so maybe they will be it will be like if you have a breakdown and you've got more money maybe you've got more access to things or whatever access to support or whatever more capital more agency more of an understanding of like what to do where to go maybe that but then I do I do think that yeah on an interpersonal level things happen man things happen and like human beings are built in ways where we are we're molded by our experiences right and um negative experiences contribute to the way that we exist so if we have negative experiences and we and negative experiences are also inevitable regardless of like your demographic negative experiences are inevitable so I do think that this is a topic that is universal and I do think that people like across the board um can can relate to an experience of having a breakdown or seeing a breakdown what when you were describing that your ability to go to work but everything else was crumbling around you I would still describe that as a breakdown as an outsider looking in like and I think that it's mad that like, what we have to juggle. So it's like, and similar to me, so I had this breakdown four weeks ago, which was really bad, but I still had to work. Do you know what I mean, I'm self-employed. If I don't work, I don't eat. Um, I've got certain commitments that actually, like I can't, and with me as well, it's been a mad thing because my physical health has been doing the madness at the same time. So with me, like I've been just sick. Like it just feels like for the past couple of months, I've just been really sick. Like I've been physically quite sick. I also know my body well enough to know that like those two things feed into each other. So when I'm not well in my mind, it feeds into how my body, my body reacts to that and vice versa. When my body's not doing well, it impacts my my mind and yada, yada, yada. So I think that like, yeah, it's just been a mad thing, but like I've still worked. I've still had to work. Um, I've still had to like, do stuff but I would definitely say I was in the midst or in the middle of a break and it's like how does one describe that so that how do I say to like colleagues like oh yeah I'm in a breakdown but I'll get that to you like just give me the extra like it's like I'll get that piece of work to you in two hours but I am like how does one like communicate it um how does one work through it and I think I'm getting so much better at like knowing my lines so knowing that okay do you know what I'm gonna because sometimes you need to you need to you need to stay on the train right things need to move um because the thing about and the thing that I'm learning the more breakdowns that I have and this is why I'm like I don't like the word because I don't know if they're breakdowns I don't know what they are I I say episodes that's another thing I'll say but I think that maybe that's more relevant to my BPD and when it's more more of a manic expression of a quote-unquote breakdown I say I call them episodes the more 
I'm engaging with those experiences in my life, the more aware I am that I can, I can work through them because something that always happens is that I come out, I come out the other side. What I'm trying to be more intentional about is how I navigate the breakdowns so that when I come out the other end, I, it's easier to pick up the pieces, basically. Um, it's easier to just continue. It's, I'm, I'm prouder of like my behaviour in those moments so that I'm dealing with less shame or I'm dealing with less guilt or I've got like less of a physical workload. So I'm learning my lines. I'm learning that, okay, I'm in the middle of this thing, but I can probably send that email. I can't attend the meeting, but I can probably send that email or I can write the to-do list. I'm not going to get to it until I'm out of this, but at least I will be on top of knowing what I need to do or whatever it is, do you know what I mean? And I'm really fortunate to like be in this field, in this work where I'm constantly engaging with wellness and well-being, and I have a really clear understanding of myself in that way, but I'm just aware that most people don't live like that. Most people don't understand what's going on for them. So... Yeah, I think that must be really hard. I tend to agree as well, actually. Um, it's interesting because it's like, what is that? Is that like this inbuilt? Is this this resilience that kind of like has to develop um, because of because of the context? So because you know that if you don't work, you won't eat and you'll be homeless or starving. Do you know what I mean? Is that why even in the midst of the breakdown, there's like a lack of freedom to to really let everything fuck up? I think that it's also a bit of a a situation where because I have an illness or multiple illnesses, I can I say something that you're doing that's really getting on my nerves. You keep laughing. Why is it getting on your nerves? Because do you think it's good? (laughs) No, I find it. I find it. I do find it funny. (laughs) I do. I am, and it's not. So maybe. Maybe if I could form a response, I don't, I personally don't think it is. I do find it really funny that this is how I live my life. I do find it really like, um, like I, I wish people could like, I wish I had like a reality TV show or something, like a day in the life of Ev. Like, I wish people could see like what I live with and how I have to live. Cause I do think like, to describe it to people and that I'm engaging a lot more with um, this borderline personality disorder thing and like see like content on it online and people on Twitter that have it. And I'm like, okay, so it's not just me, which is a little bit helpful. Um, but it is that like, it is a mad way to live though. It's a mad way to live. And, and what I was going to say is like, because I have this thing or these things that I live with, I'm, it's forcing me to think of more long-term solutions to living in this way or living with this condition or these conditions and so that is that that changed that's changed the game a, a bit for me so I, I like it's almost like it's it I've been recently describing it as a chronic illness so it's like when you've got a chronic illness you change your life changes it you have to change like you have to change how you live your life in order to accommodate this illness and I think that that's what so in terms of that for me and the, the resilience that you just described I don't even know if I would describe it as resilience yeah I'm sure it is so the alternative is to break down every two weeks or break down every 10 days and then what <laughs> like what will happen and I've seen like in the past that I've seen how that impacted relationships impacted jobs impacted my academic journey impacted like so much of my life has been because of this stuff 
And I'm just at a point where I'm like, no, 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 I need to, I need to reclaim the power that I do have, the agency that I do have within it um, and make the best out of a shit situation. As I just said that, I'm also want to look at the flip side, which is that like, it's also my superpower. It's also the thing that keeps me plugged out of the matrix. It's also the thing that like makes me not work and live in a way that centers rubbish. So I, I have to center myself basically. Um, and I wrote, I wrote an article on this not too long ago um, where I was just talking about the different ways that I've, I've had to cope through lockdown. And I've had to center myself, that like I've had to be selfish. I have to be selfish. I'm saying it like it's past tense. I have to like look at myself and understand myself and, and prioritize my mental health because the alternative is very extreme for me. Um, whereas I see a lot of people that don't prioritize their mental health and blah, 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 blah. And yeah, they're coping. Yeah, they're not having breakdowns, but they're not living in ways that I would like to live. And I don't know how fulfilled or happy um, or at peace they are. In terms of going forward, though, like, and when you look at your life, like, you look at your future, you look at the rest of your life and whatever, how do you think that you will continue to, like, withstand breaking down? Or, yeah, how how do you think that you'll manage this whole notion of, like, breaking down or the advent of breaking down? It's probably a better word but yeah my prayer and hope is the more I unpack my stuff the less frequent this stuff has happened and will be happening moving forward so the more I engage with myself the less frequent I will get to that place less frequently because I'm engaging with myself more basically um so there's that but then there's also like cultivating a life which I'm I'm doing now so cultivating a life that can accommodate the fact that this is something that may happen throughout my life. So living in a place that makes me happy, doing things that kind of um, don't run me down. Work so much, for example, working in a way I could never work a nine to five run down to the ground type mm. high intense pressure type of job I can't do it I won't survive it even if I even if it was something I enjoyed I wouldn't take it on um yeah so like working in ways that are conducive to my condition um the thing that I need to get better at is like the physical health like physical stuff so that man I think a lot of my mood working out and stuff helps me manage my mood and helps me manage like so even like if I'm sad I had homework a couple of weeks ago from therapy which was to dance so to like okay. dance every day yeah it was, and it was really good it was really helpful so like getting that move from my body like dancing to music that I liked was really helpful for me managing my mood and me starting mm. my day in a way that like yeah induce like all the endorphins whatever like yeah so there's so there's that there's also like because it happens so regularly for me I don't know if I describe them as break I don't describe them as breakdowns anymore because Mm. it's like the breakdown sounds like a big the one big event or the two maximum big events that you have in your life do you know what I mean and whereas for me they might they might present as extreme as those events but they're so regular now 
that like yeah I don't describe them as breakdowns episodes is what I say I'm having, I'm having a bit of an episode I'm in a bit missed a bit of an episode um but yeah I don't know I don't know moving forward I, I just my prayer is that I will continue to engage with myself in a way that will make mean that it happens less frequently mm. or maybe stops happening completely there's something really liberating though about like being forced to live outside of the box because I think the box is a fuckery anyway so whenever I see people that like live inside that box really well so people that can like I don't know that and this isn't shade or this isn't that something if you're happy like that you're happy like that in it but people that like have the nine to five that um I don't know have their 2.5 kids have their mortgage by married by 30 blah 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 blah, blah all of those things I think there's so much pressure attached to up, the upkeep of that that world or that way of living mm. there's so much pressure attached to it I don't have that same pressure yeah I wasn't sure if I would have anything to contribute to the question that I asked but I do think that um for me and perhaps this is just off of the back of like some of the conversations that I'm having and also um this conversation today and thinking about my mum being really mindful about the relationships that I'm engaging in basically and whether that's friends, lovers, even work, like just being really mindful about, yeah, the the relationships that I'm engaging in and what it what it's promoting for me and like what my emotions are are showing me basically about my engagement or lack of engagement sometimes with um with with particular people in their many different um capacities in my life. So yeah, I think I think that is that's the that's the one for me. Yeah, I think I just I wanted to say before we close or before we end. So I've both experienced it personally and witnessed it in people around me. This breakdown thing—they're really scary and they're really hard. Um, and I think that like the one thing for me, and like I can speak for my mum, or I can speak for my sister-in-law. Or like that there's people that my cousin, there's people around me that, that have had like quite extreme experiences of, of breakdowns and community and like acceptance, being loved has in each of those cases, and they've all been very different, all had very different triggers, all had very different expressions, but like community and that a network of people around us, them, um, has been the thing that like has really helped them get back on track um and I say that acknowledging that not everyone naturally has that but there are people and there are like organizations or there are like there are people that are willing um to kind of hold that space for people that are going through those things so I think developing it's not advice I don't like to give advice but it's just sharing my experience is that like developing cultivating relationships where I can bring that to those spaces do you know what I'm having an episode or do you know what I'm feeling a bit shaky being on being able to be honest about that um being able to create solutions as a community, so as a family, or as in my within my friendship groups, that like saying, "Oh, this is what I think I need," or "This is how you," I need, this is the support that I need from you, is always really helpful for me to um, to just manage like how I come out of them. 
Um, yeah, man, I know that it can be embarrassing or it can, it can feel, it's not embarrassing, but it can feel embarrassing or it can feel really strange or really weird, but actually like it can, it can be the thing that really pushes people to, um, or that has really pushed me to, um, to get back on the, on the horse. Um, Mm. yeah, man. So I think breaking down some of that stigma and cultivating relationships and that's in all spheres. So like. I work in environments where I'm able to say, this is what's going on for me. Maybe not to the full degree, but like stuff is going on for me. I'm going to need a bit of extra time or a bit of extra support. Those are the spaces that I seek to work in. Those are the like relationships that I have. And then, and as I'm saying this out loud, I'm aware of my privilege in that. Not everyone has the opportunity to make those choices. But I think, yeah, um, where possible sharing that sharing sharing the experience or sharing the burden or letting people in has been really really helpful for me good night to end on um thank you guys for listening thank you always um and we'll catch you in the next Thanks one for listening guys Just caught off my life